back to even more news, the first and only news podcast. My name is Katie Stoll. Katie Stoll, I was going to guess. I was right. Hi, Katie. I'm Cody. Welcome to the thing that you said. Joining us today for the second time, we are very thrilled, is Bridget Todd, host of the podcast There Are No Girls on the Internet and co-host of CityCast DC. Hi, Bridget. Hi, I'm so happy to be back. Thanks for having me. We're thrilled to have you back. We've already established where you are in the world, but it's a very different environment Mm. than ours. That's right. You can share if you want, but... (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm spending a month in Mexico City. A month? Yeah, I arrived February 8th, and I don't go back to the United States until March 9th. Oh my goodness. Full month. That's how to do it. What a great plan. You're like past the hump now where it's like that vacation week where it's like, I got to pack it in, got to do this, Uh this, this. You're settled. You can take some time and do a podcast, which is nice. That's right. You got a couple more weeks left. I've already gotten diarrhea. I've gotten it out of the way. (laughs) Nice. You've acclimated. Exactly. Well, thank you very much for joining us while out of the country. Before we chit chat a little bit more, it's time to celebrate. The holidays. Yeah, we love the holidays. February 23rd is Curling is Cool Day. I thought that this was about, at first, like curling your hair, but then I read the sentence. Mm. Mm. Offer up a worldwide embrace for an Olympic sport the entire family can play. If you don't get it, you ain't cool. That's what they wrote, Jonathan? Or is that what you wrote? No, that's what the Wellcat folks. That's what the Wellcat. Wellcat, getting a little holiday, like a little antagonistic, little cool shaming, huh? It's kind of like not very cool to gatekeep like this. (laughs) Like if I don't get it, I'm not cool. Well, that's not very cool of them. You know what? I I want to be part of your holiday. Completely. Thank you. February twenty fourth, Discover E Girl Day. I don't know how to pronounce this. It's it's not discovery. It's Discover E. Girl day. Okay. It looks like there's like five options for this. It also looks like it could be like discover e-girls day. Yeah. Or it could be discover a. Yeah, exactly. Like that could be discover a. Yeah. Discover a girl, right? Discover a girl day. Yuck. Yeah. Took it to weird place. (laughs) I mean, they started it. They did start it. Um, Also known as introduce a girl to engineering day. They should call it that instead. They just, it's. Right? It's uh, clearer to the point. They did not, unless you just didn't include a description of this holiday, they just didn't care to flesh this one out. I mean, there's a description <laughs> on the National Day calendar. But I, last, my <laughs> I know. Uh, introduce a girl to Engineering Day seemed to be about the best descriptor. That's all the descriptor you need. It's yeah. all we needed. I was just yeah. trying to um, give the, the Wellcat fam some heat. That's all. Mm. Not you, oh, well, Jonathan. This one's not a Wellcat one. Just I, I oh. want to I want to make that yeah. clear. Curling is cool. Day is from our good frenemies at Wellcat. Discover E Girl Day. Who knows who came up with that? I mean, probably someone does. I didn't put it down here. That's if that's yeah. anyone out there Somebody listening surely. knows who came up with Discover E Girl Day. We have some notes on the name. And it's yes, mostly Cody? just changed the name. Oh, I'm I'm real <laughs> I'm real time researching. Uh, where this day came from. 
Oh, look at you. You know, but... I can add some insight here. Usually I add the holidays <laughs> like last after I've been putting together research for the like four hours. For, and then yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to do the holidays. And that's why the holiday research tends to be a little more spare than everything else. Well, believe me, we've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> I can help you with the holidays if you want. I mean, if you want, I feel like. It's it is not, fun to it's show the easiest up. part, but yeah, it's just like the afterthought. I don't put that much into it as and you shouldn't have to. And February 24th is also Twin Peaks Day. Ooh, sure. Yeah. All right. I didn't watch Twin Peaks, so I don't have anything to say about it. Great show. Oh, I, I love Twin Peaks. You should watch it. Yeah, you should watch I it. I should watch it. Maybe I should watch it while I'm snowed in. So you here's should what you do. watch it while you're snowed in. You do the pilot. Then you do, but you, there's like a pilot with like a fake ending and then a pilot that's open-ended. You watch the pilot, then you watch the first two seasons, then watch the movie Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me, and then do Twin Peaks The Return on Showtime. So, I'm sorry, Be done wait. In, a, in a smooth 13 <laughs> <Yeah>. hours. <laughs> I can handle that. I can handle that. I'm you got time. potentially here till Wednesday. Mm -hmm. No, it won't be that long. Mm -hmm. It might be that long. It might be that long. Do it. Let us know. Let's end that show right now. Why don't we just go watch some Twin Peaks together? On the Zoom? You want to share, we share <laughs> your Zoom. screen? We'll We're not going to do that. I'm just stalling. Can. But I don't have to stall yet because before we talk about news, <laughs> we're just going to talk to Bridget. Oh. Not just. We get to. The last time you were here, Mr. Musk uh, had just announced he was itching to buy Twitter. That's right. And I think we, we, we were in the middle of recording when news broke and it was like, also, he might have sexually harassed some employees. Yeah, horse day. Oh, yeah. right. Horse day. Boy, yeah. boy, that went away and nobody's mm. thought about it for a minute. Yeah. That whole thing. Cool. Um, so <laughs> how's the past year been? Are you planning to stick it out on Twitter? How are you oh. feeling about the Twitter? <laughs> what a good question. I'm still there. I use it sparingly. I rarely yeah. tweet. And when I do tweet, it is intentionally generally things that are of no importance because I don't want to add like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like these days it's like you tweet anything and the response is so annoying that it's not worth it. So I'm going to start out by having annoying tweets to begin with tweeting about annoying subjects like housewives and things that just do not matter. But yeah, I'm, I'm barely there. I feel like my the people that I follow I, I see less of them and I see more of these like recommended for you mm -hmm. tweets yeah. from people who just happen to be like white supremacists. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot less useful yeah. of a tool for me these days, but I'm still there. You're definitely uh, describing my current relationship and experience with Twitter. Uh, there are different ways you can toggle between the for you and the, what is it? The other one recommend recommended and for, or for you and following. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, it is, I, I still can't, it, but honestly, both ways, um, I feel are unsatisfying and have lessened my experience, but also, yeah, it's, and it's hard cause that, that's a platform that we use for our work and I do still stay, say stuff on there, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And it feels like screaming into a void sometime, a void that's full of people that are ready to call you pedophile, which yes, is what happened to me a couple days ago at my inbox is what? full of what well, yeah, well, it's my bad for firing off a response to Ian Miles. What's his oh, last God. name? Oh, Ch and, Ian um, Miles Chong. Yeah. Ian Miles Chong. Uh, he was praising Putin. 
And I said, yes, Putin stan or something like that. <laughs> like I, I, he was, it was like praising a, a speech that was so, you know, I don't even need to unpack that speech. I just told you it was Putin. You understand what we're talking about here. And then he said, you support pedophiles or something like that. So you're, he, he, he didn't call me a pedophile, but he brought up. And then we were off to the races. Oh, did you we like interact with him? I responded to a tweet oh, off don't. the cuff. Just, no. I know it was my mistake. It was my mm. very bad mistake, mm. but it was early. And I didn't think. Especially don't do it early. Cause then it's your whole day. Yep. Mm, well, God. no, you know what? I, I managed it pretty well of not giving a fuck. Anyway, I shared a lot right now in your time to talk. I re I, I empathize with your relationship to Twitter. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if our like communications platforms were places where folks could meaningfully show up and have like thoughtful yeah. discourse? And it wasn't just like, well, I've been called, I've, it's been insinuated that I'm a pedophile now, you know, and that's going to so be my whole day. Out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've talked a lot about the misplaced anger about, you know, grooming and how it shows up in the trans, how they use that as a tactic. But, you know, if you really care about finding pedophiles, I would think you'd have a little bit more discretion about throwing that term around, especially when you got Matt Gates around. Oh, absolutely. And it, it really, you know, as someone who's done a lot of work in the survivor justice space, the callous, empty way that 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 terms like that are thrown around, thrown around to, you know, score cheap political points just mm -hmm. shows how much these people don't actually care about survivors right. of sexual violence. And you know, grooming yeah. is a real thing that, like, is a real problem and really exists. And mm -hmm. just calling you a groomer for expressing your opinions about Putin's speech and somebody who would, who would you know, champion it really just showed these, these people don't care. They don't care. No, yeah, they no, don't. They, Especially they not him. muddy the waters and water it down. And Oh, yeah, no, I mean, he's a liar and a fraud and uh, completely full of shit. And uh, don't ever engage with him again. <laughs> Oh, I won't. Uh, honestly, or do, I barely. Do we want this? Nope. I had barely even registered. I mean, I knew I, it doesn't matter. Next week, go after Cat Turd. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Great idea. One more question for you before we talk about the news. You co-host a daily show about Washington, D.C., and I'm curious how that's going, what it's like to be uh, immersed in city-level politics, and if there's anything like interesting that you've learned or you know something something cool that's come out of it or terrible i don't know yeah it's been really fun so i co-host citycast dc with my co-host uh, michael schaefer of politico it's been really interesting i have lived in dc for most of my adult life and i've always thought that i was someone who knew my city backward and forward there was not a thing you could tell me that i didn't know about dc and in doing the show, I'm realizing that's not the case. And the whole point of CityCast as a experiment is to really help people feel more connected to the cities they live in. And so there's CityCast, mm. hyper-local CityCast um, podcasts all over the country. There's one in Portland. There's one in Seattle. There's one in Den uh, Salt Lake City. So if you're listening, there might be one in your neck of the woods. But, you know, I feel so often, especially in a city like D.C., People move there and it's kind of a transient city. Like maybe you move there for a job or for school and feeling connected to what's going on yes. locally, the, what's happened historically before you got there, what might be happening in the future can be really hard. And so having, having a platform to allow folks to be like, yo, 
welcome to the DC. There's a lot to know about the politics, the culture, the city, you know, the people who, who occupy the city. Here's an easy, digestible way to do that has been really fun. And I've gotten to like, le like learn things about the city that I've lived in for most of my life that I cannot believe I did not know. So it's been a really interesting experience. That's really cool. I love that. And yeah, especially in all these big cities, it's really hard to find community. You can be really disconnected from the history of your location, just from your, from people. And there is a lot to be hopeful about on the local level or maybe oh. not hope, hopeful. Sure. Hopeful. I guess it's a case by case, but at least you feel like you have some actual tangible power. You can be more effective. And at the end of the day, like we live in these huge states and this part of California is dramatically different from that part of California. And the issues that are very important to the people where I live now are, are wildly different from those from the places that I used to live. And so you can get lost. And it's, that's part of why people feel so unheard and unseen with their own issues is because for the vast majority of us, it's this, the things that are immediately around us that are really important. Of course, the big picture items are also very important, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I think it's a really cool resource to be offering. Thank you. And something that I'm so glad that you said this because on my other podcast, There Are No Girls on the Internet, I'm often talking about sort of big national trends that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. And so many of those trends are disingenuous or disappointing, mm -hmm. right? Like the, like the, the, the tactic of calling LGBTQ folks groomers, you know, mm -hmm. to score political points, right? Like that's very, like nationally, it's very easy to see the ways that our national leaders and elected officials have just abandoned even the pretense of governing and, mm -hmm. and getting things done for a citizenry, even if it's things I don't agree with, right? And like being able to focus on the local level, it is actually very hopeful and refreshing to actually be able to talk about, you know, folks in government and, and in, like local institutions who are trying to get something for a citizenry. It might not always be something that I'm, I agree with or that I'm down with. There's mm -hmm. always, you know, nuances to whether or not this is a good thing or progress or this or that. But being able to actually talk about the fact that there are still folks in local institutions and local government who are trying to govern in some kind of way has been really refreshing. It's nice to remember that not everything is, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene doing a stunt, right? It's exactly. not all just stunts and scams. Some people out there are still trying to govern and get shit done for their people. And there are certainly some bad local politicians. Oh, Our for LA sure. City Council has <laughs> been uh, under some heat lately for some mm. of those. But in general, well, actually, I don't know. I shouldn't say in general. I think you're more likely to find the genuine people that stage in their political careers on the local level at city, you know, in the city level. It's not about being a career politician for a lot of those public servants. Um, it is more about actually doing something uh, for the community. Yeah. Absolutely. And for the, yeah, the community that they actually live in and are a part of. We did it. We talked about that for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about the news now. Though. We have to talk about the news now, though. And we're going to start with the East Palestine train derailment. This happened a while ago. Last week, uh, it was finally, finally getting the coverage it actually deserved. Last week, was it last week when that started happening? 
but um, we were off last, last week. week. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to talk about it now. Jonathan, why don't you set us up with some facts? Yeah, uh, the EPA is now requiring Norfolk Southern to completely clean up the area where a uh, train derailed earlier this month, uh, and it's threatening to fine them $70,000 a day if they don't do that. There was a controlled burn of the cars there earlier this month, um, which released phosgene and hydrogen chloride into the air. Residents were evacuated, then that evacuation order was lifted on February 9th. The federal EPA and the state EPA says that there are no toxic chemicals detectable in the air uh, and water outside of the immediate crash zone, but they have been hauling out soil and water. There's, there were 3,500 small fish who died. There are still concerns about contamination in the soil, um, and there's, of course, been a lot of criticism of the Biden administration for... You know, they sent the EPA administrator there, but Pete Buttigieg, direct, uh, Secretary of Transportation, didn't go until today. Biden didn't go, but Trump was there mm -hmm. yesterday doing his thing, going to McDonald's and talking That's about Ohio thing. State football and what have you. Doing the Trump thing. Yes, he did. He nailed it. He nailed can't, that. Can't say he didn't nail it. Yeah. Mm, no, can't I guess you it. can't say that he didn't he nail nailed the Trump, Trump thing. He nailed it. He did nail the Trump thing. There are more facts. I'm sure we will get through some of them. This is a this is oof, this is not an appropriate thing. To, is it? Maybe it's very appropriate. It's like watching a train crash. Uh, mm. this whole thing, how it's played out. It's seeing the the actual event happen, and then watching. I was very, very, very upset about the lack of acknowledgement from the administration for an extremely long time and nothing anybody says or does right now will change my feelings about that that was a big fucking mistake and the fact that pete Buttigieg showed up today for the first time a day after trump went a day after <laughs> like, donald yeah. fucking trump went and yeah. look i had none the optics of biden being in ukraine instead of being here isn't good I understand that that's a huge issue as well, you know? It, yeah, but, it's just embarrassing and unnecessary. Like, uh -huh. it was not, uh, like, I mean, Buttigieg took, like, 10 days to tweet about it. Uh, and what, part of his excuse was, like, well, nobody asked me about it on the, the morning fuck? on the morning shows when I was on. It's like, that's fine. You're a communicator. Communicate what you want to people. So that was a weird deflection. But, like, just letting it get to the point where, Biden goes to Ukraine, Trump goes to Ohio, and then a day later, Pete shows up. It's just like an unforced error. They just like they, they did not have to go down this way. Um, why do you, why do you all think those, this like, happened? Like, wh like, why do you think there was a delay? This is what I've been racking my brain. Why didn't Pete just go or at least tweet about it? What was the what do you think happened there? I don't think they wanted to acknowledge it at first. Well, I think, yeah, I think they're kind of terrified a little bit about just acknowledging it and associating themselves with it and how it how it shook out right because like also interjecting real quick please keep your thought just to say part of it that we had the rail worker strike months ago that biden kind of i mean not oh, exactly kinda yeah undermined. No. Like, yeah this is you know and now the narrative is about trump and deregulation and sure sure yeah we should talk about all of that because there's a bunch of different neighbor n n narratives happening right now. Please continue, Cody. Sorry to interject with that. 
like it's all, all part of that, right? They don't want to associate themselves with it. Uh, they have, they do have this connection to, uh, like you're saying, like the strike, and you know, uh, not reinstating a lot of the uh, uh, policies that like Trump repealed during his time. I think they're just now releasing information about like the actual cause of the der- derailment. They tried to. There was like a overheating. I think I put it in here Some somewhere. Wheel, I'm sorry, right? I don't have the. Yeah, like something on the wheel like overheated. They got an alarm and tried to break and weren't able to break in time. Mm. I honestly think it's because they didn't think it was going to become a big story. Yeah. They mm. thought like, you know, they saw the photo of the controlled burn, the explosion, and they're like, oh, that looks bad. But then, you know, Governor Mike DeWine was like, we got this. This is like, mm. there's nothing to see here. Like, he no didn't theme, want it yeah, to become a story. Done. Exactly. So then they're like, okay, cool. We don't have to worry about it. But of course, but you know, there are serious concerns about contamination in the area, and uh, right-wing media was only too happy to be like, okay, we'll go there and talk about things that but are happening. even right-wing and- media didn't take off until Twitter mm-hmm. was doing this. I mean, like, you're right. They didn't think it would become a big story. I think my instinct is they didn't want it to become a big story. And we're kind of like, <laughs> there should be a certain amount of due diligence when anything like this happens. <laughs> like, there should be a certain, I, I, it, it does, it boggles my mind. But yes, they didn't think it would become a big story, especially if they don't acknowledge it. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's embarrassing for them um, and uh, sort of speaks to like their inability to <laughs> govern, I guess. Um, but, you know, like that with like said, yeah, in like the like in the aftermath of uh, Roe v. Wade, like they had so much time to prepare their response then and they still didn't do anything right. Like there's they're just like not very good at like gate, like knowing what they should be doing. And doing it, they have to sort of like gauge the temperature, mm-hmm. uh, like all politicians, obviously, but they just have really bad instincts on when to like get out there and like oh get ahead God. of something and confront it. Cody, I have to say, like when when Roe v. Wade was being gutted, the first messages from the White House, I, I knew it was coming mm-hmm. and I was like, like waiting for it. Go vote. Go vote. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like we are, we have so voted. We can't we have, can't vote any harder. We've already doing it like. That is what infuriated me that like you like, I mean, I'll, I'll rant all day, but the idea that you that they had everyone knew this was coming, had time to prepare. And that the only message that you can give to people who feel like they have just been punched in the fucking stomach and have been, you know, had the rug pulled from under them, had their rights dismantled is vote more. That's why you got to vote. It's it, it's it's just inadequate. It's wholly inadequate. And it's it's infuriating. Yeah. And I can yeah. understand why people turn away from from. Why this erodes trust in mm-hmm. the process? Mm-hmm. Because it's like if this all is all you have to offer, why I'm just gonna tune out. Why why would I why would I get invested in this? You know? Exactly. Yeah. And all you have to offer after having time to figure out something else. Um and like the vote thing, like I understand because that's in a in a way, partially in a very small way, yeah, obviously voting is important. We all vote, it's the thing that you do. But we already know that. <laughs> they didn't need to I don't even know how many months the election was off at that point. It was like months ahead right. of time. Yeah, it is very, very easy to see how in both of these circumstances, you are primed to lose trust in them or lose confidence that us putting in our time and energy to campaign, to fundraise, to vote, to care about what they have to say when they consistently you know, shit the bed. 
and like it's not it can't be about well we're not it can't be political in that they're not going to win over voters from east palestine it's like a heavily trump place they love him there they're not gonna like Buttigieg. but you gotta like go anyway you have right. to like assess this situation because it looks bleak it looks like you don't care about the people who aren't gonna vote for you right because it doesn't matter <laughs> uh how they voted or how they're going to vote or that they vote or anything it's a disaster when people live there um yeah. and the, and it's the nation i like I, it's just such a weird like a uh i even see like obviously like twitter grain of salt but i still see the, this like blue maga type of like approach mm. like they that's what they voted for they got what they voted for oh, I hate did, they, that. did yeah. they get what they voted and it's for like, do you really want to because they voted for somebody else, do you wish physical harm upon them? That's the other thing that's really, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to be in America right now. It's hard to be a person mm -hmm. right now. Um, yeah, you would think that when it comes to our physical health, like, you, there would be a little bit more backbone or action mm -hmm. of some kind. And these are obviously very, very, very different stories and circumstances, but both disappointing responses. All of that said... It's frustrating to see the politicization from the right and the way that they're talking about this, where you're like, yeah, I mean, I agree to a point, but also, what are you saying? No, like, Whoa, let's be real yeah. here. Like, it's not the Democrats exclusively or, you know, go, you go. Cody. Well, well, no, I mean, it's absurd because they because they decided, like, we're going to talk about this story. They now have like spun this to be about like democrats putting more money towards wokeness mm -hmm. uh instead instead of like infrastructure that they don't want to put money towards that like that like there's it, it it's always the case where like especially like conservative punditry that like they, they spend all this money on wokeness instead of infrastructure which i also don't support like i also don't want to put money towards things like they don't want to do anything about it they want to blame wokeness in order to stop the actual solution from also happening. Right. And also like the idea that it, like the government sabotaging all these things to, I don't know, do a second pandemic or something. I don't know the logic. I know. There. Well, that is definitely an that's alarming. A, that's another thing. But just like this, like you're complaining about all this stuff that has happened, this event that has happened uh, and you're blaming it on wokeness or like diversity. And then your solution doesn't exist. They never actually get to the solution beyond yeah. like, wouldn't it be great if Trump was at McDonald's right now or something? Um, and I, I was not at all surprised to see how in the, the early kind of like bullshit narrative that emerged was like, oh, Pete was too busy trying to decrease the number of white farm workers or something to visit. And it's like, no, that's just, I mean, it's exactly what you said, Cody, this idea of find, like, they'll always find a way to use very serious issues to center their bullshit narrative around it's wokeness, it's this, it's that, and offer nothing in return. It's like, it's like, it's, it, it's really disappointing to see how like governing is just like not on the table. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, there's like, oh, do you have any solutions to offer? Nope, just complaints about wokeness. Well, you're basically no. my drunk uncle. Thanks for, thanks for joining right, us, right? Exactly, like, that's, all, that's all it is now. I'm um, looking at the, I mean, it's just so funny because we're not having a national conversation about rail safety, the, the mm -mm. rights of rail workers, rail unions, what it would take to add all these breaks on there. I, like, mm -hmm. I'm looking through all my notes and I'm like, huh, I wrote multiple pages of like research and links. And I'm like, there's 
very little to discuss right now about what it would take to make this situation happen less because no one's talking about that such a good point and so important like that's that's the real it's not it's not the real tragedy but that's a real frustrating element of this it's like this is the perfect opportunity because again like i said we can trace sure you can point to trump and deregulation you can also say that biden didn't reinstate stuff but you can directly point to what happened in december when Mm -hmm. the rail workers were shut undermined yeah um and i mean it there's an element of public pressure that is mounted where i it appears like pete uh and some of the administration are are finally being like we can we can flex a little bit we can try to we can try to find them for the like there's some some things after like a week earlier saying like well there's not much we can do about it but uh yeah it's frustrating i just wanted to add the the uh part of the, the conversation also needs to at least acknowledge that like like katie you're saying like and jonathan what well what what how do we make it stop happening so much because Pete can go on tv and be like actually there's a thousand train derailments every year it's like okay no that is that better be a, that, that, that makes be me a, feel that, worse that should be a lower number i mean um, there were several in the weeks following since right. then um and it's probably probably not the government blowing no. up trains um but Part of this is that, like, as this happens so much, and like you saw this with uh, uh, the company offering what was it like a thousand dollars or something yeah. like that, or like five bucks a person or some shit like that. They bake that into like their budget, their bottom line, how they operate. Mm-hmm. Like, part of their operation is based on the idea, like, yeah, we're gonna fuck up. There's gonna be train derailments. Uh, we're gonna have lawsuits, and uh, so we're gonna put away this chunk of money for the lawsuits. And we'll just have that money for the lawsuits in order to keep us from having to pay a larger amount that would like actually protect the workers and make things safer and update the technology and things that would prevent these from happening. So it's cheaper for them to not really do anything to prevent this from happening because it doesn't cost them enough when it does happen. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe Pete will make, make it hurt more this time you know because if you make if you make it hurt the company when this happens they'll actually put money into what needs to be done to prevent it from happening because it will actually affect their bottom line which it really doesn't right now. well that's why they call him pete make him hurt buddha judge that's why they call him that Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he's plenty bold Mm -hmm. that was his slogan guys plenty bold if you don't remember, it was. Oh, I'll I, never, it was. I'll I thought I was like, forget. "Are you doing a bit?" It's like, no, it was plenty bold. You're right. No, it I was. Forgot about that. That was his thing. Was he's I think, plenty I bold. I think it's plenty bold. It's God, oh my God, it's so funny. So You're... funny, isn't it? It is. It actually is the perfect slogan oh, for him. He's going to be using that to so advertise good. like spicy ruffles in a few years. <laughs> be like, They're plenty bold. <laughs> Super Bowl, Super Bowl sixty one. It's going to be <laughs> flaming hot cheesums. It's something so like that that's so oh. good we're gonna take a really 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 quick break just a short one Tiny and then we'll guy. be back for even more news oh no the ads they're closing in oh they're going away oh the ads come back no oh the ads are gone hi welcome to the ad portion of the episode that is free of ads this week for reasons we will not be getting into right now what we will be getting into is patreon.com slash some more news where our Patreon is and you can support us there and get ad free episodes every week. 
early access to videos and episodes and things of that nature. So if you are listening and you want to go to patreon.com slash some more news, then do it because do what you want, you know, just live your life. Plenty bold. What a God, what a dork. I have no recollection of that being a slogan. I, I, I truly did not know if that was a bit or not when he, yeah, he brought yeah. it up. And now I'm looking. I don't know if it was ever like on official. Pretty sure it was. Pretty sure it was. <laughs> uh, it, but it's definitely something he said a bunch. Um, I think like it was, he, it was like a like ah, I think it's plenty bold. Yeah, look what I'm um, proposing is plenty bold. I think we may have heard him oh, say it like, a bunch of times and then put it in our episode as like here's fucking this guy's slogan. I will say that I just googled plenty bold and the first thing that popped up is Cody Johnston on Twitter. What I'm proposing is plenty bold. <laughs> I just saw <laughs> that. <laughs> a four year old uh, uh, tweet. Excellent. <laughs> I think that we should leave all of this in as we're coming back. Oh my god, you're right. That is the first thing that pops it's up. Really funny. What I'm proposing is plenty bold. I can't believe you said that and like filmed it and was like, put that in the ad. I want people to Print see it. that. Ah. In case it's not clear, we're back. We are back. Patreon.com/slash some more news. Get your ads free. Well, we already will have said that in there but well yeah it's okay you guys can hear it twice can't be too much <laughs> can't say it too much see now i was googling plenty bold and i've clicked away from our outline ah mm. uh, ah geez That's, you went too bold now that i was, was too way bold too bold you. oh you know what's also a little too bold national divorce am i right eh? oh it's time we're gonna do it i guess jonathan this is you I mean, First of all, Jonathan, before you get going, uh, thanks for liking my uh, Plenty Bold tweet from four <laughs> years ago just now. This is the only time it's not weird to like an old tweet. We just yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. it. We just I talked think about that it. I need to do like, that, too. I'm yeah, going to slip a like, like in there. Everyone go like that tweet from November 2019 of Cody's. Uh, all right. National divorce. Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted this week about how she thinks red states and blue states need a national divorce. Everyone was like, what and then uh on tuesday she expanded what she meant in a very long thread where she talked about how this would exactly work and it <laughs> is n not n normal first of all she says we don't need a civil war so don't sweat oh, good. no civil war we would it's just massively shrink the federal government let individual states make nearly all decisions about education whether trans people can live uh law so, enforcement sorry. real quick yeah. i'm sorry but like it's so funny. Like, she's such a, oh my God. Uh, her first tweet being like, <laughs> uh, so individual states will make the decisions for themselves. Uh, in the same tweet as like invoking like memories of the Civil War, like, does that, does she not understand like the complications and proposals she's actually made? Like, we don't need a Civil War. It was about, well, whatever it was about. I'm not going to talk about what the Civil War was about. We don't need a Civil War. We'll merely let all the states decide what they do. Anyway, forget about the, <laughs> the Civil War. Like, I, I don't know. It's just such a funny thing to, like, not connect in your one, your first tweet. What she's proposing is possible with this national divorce. 
slavery is my point like what, like, what is like come on marjorie what the fuck anyway i mean you can, you can, we don't have to dwell well no it. i'm not gonna I, go through like everything <laughs> that she points out in this in this thread or points out or tries to argue you know there, there's there's a lot of very frightening stuff in this that you wouldn't think even people in red states would want to live with like only taxpayers can vote she seems to think there's a green new deal like going on right yeah. now she's like God. we could we red states wouldn't have to comply with the green new deal but we, obviously they'd have to still comply with certain environmental protective requirements it's like oh okay why? what <laughs> why and then you're divorced. Like, you don't have to do anything god and then her thing about how like th- how blue states are gonna make everyone pledge allegiance to the trans and blm flags well, and have government-funded antifa communists training schools of course mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what we're all after isn't it isn't it i mean i wish i mean she's she it's so i mean I, i'm i'm with you jonathan like it's so unserious it is not worthy of like like you know the point that you made about not understanding how in the same breath you could be like oh we don't need a civil war it would just be about individual states rights and not connect that because it's not somebody who is serious i don't it's almost like not worth it to be like does she not see you know the glaring right, exactly it's like, it was like it, what, it, no, at a certain she, point what difference does it make it's either either she believes it or she really is just I saying think she does the things though. i know like, I and i do think the... that a lot of people do kind of bl- agree <laughs> Yeah, like I think, I mean, I think there's some stuff obviously she leans into for the pageantry of it all. Uh, but I do think for a lot of the stuff, she's kind of a true believer and just like is some, this fucking freak who is also in Congress and believes all this stuff and like doesn't think things through, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, you, if you move to a red state from a blue state, you can't vote for five years? Well, what if I'm a registered Republican? Yeah. Is that okay? Are you okay yeah, with she that? Hasn't thought she probably that one is okay out. with that. Well, because um, if you move from a red state to a blue state, are you not allowed to vote? What if I'm a, like, it, there's no. Also, that's so simplistic. Uh, as if each state isn't comprised of people. Yeah, it's absurd. Who are both. Um, her state is blue. Her right. state is yeah. blue. She like, would have to live with the Antifa communist schools or whatever. <laughs> not or whatever. Show some respect to the Antifa communist She'd schools. She'd have okay? to live with uh, sex toys next to children's toothbrushes at Walmart, which is what God. she says is what? happening in blue states. Sex toys right next to the kids' toothbrushes at Walmart. I, I live in a blue state. I can't confirm. When I go buy a sex toy, it's like, oh, do I want a sex toy or a children's toothbrush? They're right Jesus. next to each other. Interchangeable for my convenience. if it's got a battery. <laughs> Ooh, now you're talking. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I went there. <laughs> if you know, you know. I'm going to throw up. No, she- I would just use a normal <laughs> toothbrush, not one of those children's things. I agree that she both really believes this stuff and like thrives on negative attention more than almost anyone except maybe Trump. Like it, it's been a couple weeks where she's not getting those the, the, the vibes from that. She's just going to throw out something like this. She's like, I need to be in the news. I need people mm-hmm. like talking about my completely unserious ideas. Yeah, I think the main one of the main differences between them is that I think for Trump, he thinks that a lot of his supporters are rubes. Um, whereas I think Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of the rubes and hmm. like has like like he was speaking to her right with no respect whatsoever <laughs> but he's speaking to her and she heard him and absorbed it and is like one of one of them and governing as well 
Yeah. So obviously, like you said, there's uh, an element of pageantry, the showmanship here. Things like, you know, saluting the trans flag or whatever and, and stuff like that. I don't know that she believes that that is a thing. That's, you know, embellishment for funsies. Right, right. But what she does is dance around issues that, you know, some people probably. And so they, they'll go along with the ride for all of that because it's somebody saying something that, you know. And honestly, I think that people enjoy seeing us get mad. Oh, they for enjoy sure. seeing I mean, our reaction. Like part of the they don't model. care if That's it's offensive. Like the whole... They don't care um, if that rhetoric results in an increase in hate crimes. In you know, they don't care about that part. They think it's very funny to see us upset. Yeah, I mean, half of their politics stems from just like, what if we triggered our enemies? Like that's half mm -hmm. of it. Same yeah. thing with conservative it's conservative comedy and politics it's all just based off like well are they mad enough Ugh. and like you oh. mad bro yeah it's so sad because it's like not about anything right like it's so reactive if the only thing that you have to offer is like upsetting liberals or like making you know make like liberal tears blah 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 you're not really about anything you're not offering anybody anything you're just reacting and like you know, creating just like reaction and anger and emotion, but nothing else. It's so, it's such an empty way to be. I, I yeah. always find it like very sad. And it I, is. I, it I, is. I, yeah. I see this a lot where I think that people who don't really have a lot of substance to offer know that they can get attention, know that they can get engagement on social media for these kinds of little stunts. And it just, it's not like, has she tried governing? Has she tried like, like what, what useful things has she gotten for her constituents like I, I i never hear of anything that is like oh well that's a a, a tangible thing mm -hmm. for a citizenry who actually could use support mm -hmm. never mm -hmm. it's right. always these little stunts and scams right like, yeah. yeah no one's like thanks marjorie taylor green for getting me this it's just like oh she made pete mad or whatever right yeah like she tweets out this whole thing and then the next day she's invited on sean hannity and sean hannity's Sean Hannity doesn't believe in any of this stuff. Oh, no. So God, no. he's like hosting the outrage hour. And then she knows this because they talk beforehand. And so she's like, I'm going to play my thing and he's going to play his thing. And then we've got the hour. It's going to be on Mediaite. It's going to be shared everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's I think it's pathetic on both sides. Yeah, it's pathetic. It is really empty um, and sad and uh, it's like nihilistic in a way and it's just like there, there's no there's nothing there and it's i think what makes it even more frustrating is that the opposition party doesn't really i mean there's sometimes where they can communicate well but the opportunity there is to keep pointing that out right like it's they're empty politics they're just trying to get you mad trying to rile you up here's what we're for here's what we want to mm -hmm. do um and sometimes they do that i don't want to say like they're completely inept at that but uh it's such a Again, like even with his train derailment stuff, like, but we can do this for you. We can help you in this way. Just constantly or bring up the child tax credit as much as you possibly can, because that is a tangible mm -hmm. thing that made people's lives better instead of going on Hannity and saying we want to ban. I don't know what they're on now. It's not M&Ms anymore. It's I mean, everyone's mad general. at the Ronald Dahl stuff, but. Oh, well, that's that because that's Wait, not I miss that. that's absurd. Silly. It's. Oh, they changed his... Yeah, the Roald 
Dollar State is changing some of his some of the language, but it's more of like oh. a copyright. Yeah, play. They're, tr- oh. they're trying to cash in oh. on IP. Like it's so clear what it is. Like yeah. they've got all oh. this valuable IP. It has all kinds of like slurs and not great stuff in it. They're trying to take that out, not because woke scolds asked for it, because they're trying mm-hmm. to cash in. I totally yeah. get it. Like, yeah, yeah. very simple. I, like, I understand. That's almost what always doing. the case where it's like, oh, the wokes have infiltrated. No, 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 no. no. They want to make money. And that's I'm trying it. to get paid. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm trying to make Every a dollar. <laughs> Pretty much. And I wanted to go back to something that you said, Cody, because like, it's one of the reasons why even when it's somebody who like ostensibly is kind of quote like on my side, I'm really against how our political discourse got so into dunking on people for a while because even like I like it when AOC dunks on somebody on Twitter and I'm like, yeah, I love it. But ultimately you can't, you know, pay your rent with dunks. You can't pay mm-hmm. your rent with like, and so I just, I, I find myself having to re- like resist the urge to celebrate that kind of thing in myself even when I like it, even when it gives me like a rush of serotonin or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, because I know it's it's just it's just rhetoric and it doesn't actually improve people's lives. And that's what we should really be championing, not like who had a good like comeback or whatever. Right. Because it also it also kind of feeds into that um, by participating in it. You're saying, exactly. like, yeah, this is this is part of it, actually. This is a big part of politics and we're going to engage in it, too. Um, and it gives uh, sort of like credibility in a way of like that method mm-hmm. and distracts from everything else that should be going on uh, i have the same sort of reaction often where it's like yeah fuck that person but also go do your job yeah <laughs> i just think it's because it feels like that's the only thing to be done like i'm powerless to change anything else but i can like tell this per- he'll probably see it if i say like yeah you're stupid you know so it's like I get the impulse to do it just because it's like the only thing that can maybe get across to like someone who has no positive intentions in the world. Right. Yeah. There's a, it's like a, it's like a mix of like, yeah, I'm kind of screwing them the void, but like the voids give me a thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right. There's also like uh, a social positive uh, uh, feedback loop when it's successful. Bridget, this was really nice having you here. I kind of want you to come on like once every two months or something. But that's asking a lot. So maybe not that often, but you're great. <laughs> oh, at least you when you're back me. from was... uh, yeah, vacation. Oh, I will always take you all on vacation with me virtually. Um, I would okay. love to come back anytime. <laughs> well, great. We will hold you to that. Um, uh, thank everybody uh, in this conversation for liking the tweet by now. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody got and to everybody really listening it. at home, go ahead and Google Plenty Bold. And then it's see the that Cody's is the first tweet that comes up and give it a like, give it a retweet, yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Sometimes the algorithm works. Sometimes the algorithm works. Bridget, plug your stuff. Share the things you want to share. Yeah, you can check me out on my own podcast on iHeartRadio called There Are No Girls on the Internet. You can check out the now finished series I did on uh, harassment online and how it impacts our politics that I did with Cool Zone Media called Internet Hate Machine. You can check out my daily uh, local news podcast, CityCast DC, or find a city, CityCast DC in your neck of the woods. Follow me on Twitter at Bridget Marie, on Instagram at Bridget Marie in DC, on TikTok at Bridget Makes Pods. Um, yeah, would love to have well you done. in any of those places. That was a good plug. Oh, that yeah. was you got it all in. It's concise. <laughs> I just have to say, you're. I mean, I know it just settled great. You are. You're lovely. You're. You're bright and smart and cool. And 
Yeah. Well, thank you. Back at <laughs> Maybe that all was of too you. much. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll take it. The feeling is very mutual. More compliments. Even more compliments. Oh, maybe that should be my spinoff show. I actually, I'm going to think about that. I would like to do something positive. Where you just praise people for I don't know. 40 minutes we, and then we just find <laughs> the bright. Yeah, I don't know. There's something there. Yeah, you bring on a guest, you compliment them for a while, it starts a conversation, and then you have to like work really hard if you accidentally bring someone on that you don't respect your life. <laughs> I you or maybe I should only bring on people that I don't respect and I don't like. And you got to force yourself to really to find yeah, things. Mm -hmm, find the bright oh, side. I would listen to that. That's interesting. I'm All here right. with Cat Turd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Turd, <laughs> I really love that your last name is the numeral two. <laughs> all right i'm gonna go get dog food if, if i can uh yeah please be safe and good luck and uh feed that little guy i'm gonna feed that little guy but hey before i go i just gotta say much. we love you very much much <laughs>